Welcome to Rethink Retail, the show where we dive into the stories and strategies behind some of the most successful brands on the planet. From brick and mortar giants to e-commerce disruptors, we uncover the secrets to their success and deliver the keys to true retail transformation. So ask yourself, are you ready to rethink retail? The future of retail starts now. Welcome back to Rethink Retail's podcast. Live from Boston, it's Kirat Anand, and I'm joined today with Sabrina Callahan, VP of e-commerce at Sam's Club. Thanks for having me today. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I'd like to first start with your background, a little bit of experiences. Yeah. You went to the University of Kansas. I did, Rock Chuck. There you go. And I'm not going to try to date you, but in okay. 2008, they had a pretty good men's team, I believe. They did. I and... was there. You dated me. <laughs> that must have been an there. exciting time. Yes, I specifically remember I was there with my now husband and we were watching that game when Chalmers hit the shot and then we went out to Mass Street and that must have been crazy. It was it was a crazy night. It was wow. an amazing memory, but it was a crazy night. And and that sport's special for you because you're a, a baller as well, right? Well, I would a little bit I mean in retail and Maybe on not the court. Now, I mean you're a much. baller in both places, right? I mean, yeah. Well, literally yeah, and sure. <laughs> figuratively speaking, I, I appreciate say. it. <laughs> Thanks for the vote of confidence. I don't know about my shooting skills now. You know, we play with our kids a lot. Yeah. And then I'll go find like an actual 10 foot rim. And then I'm reminded about how difficult it actually was back in the day <laughs> versus now. So. <laughs> and then after Kansas, at a certain point, you had a very uh, a long career with Hilton. And you I worked did. your way to a senior global role within social media and strategy and innovations. So walk me through the decision process of leaving marketing suites and conferences to differentiating groceries and electronics for a warehouse membership club. <laughs> well, I loved Hilton and I will always love Hilton. I, I was there for about seven years. They gave me so much opportunity. I worked with really great people. I grew up a lot there too. So, you know, in my time I was in e-commerce and digital they gave me a lot of empowerment to kind of push and challenge and grow, which was great. And then, yeah, I, I went over to do this global social media strategy across, at the time, 15 brands, which was a really cool opportunity to kind of define the state of social as a business, right? So influencer strategy, tech stacks, how do you think about leveraging customer feedback to make decisions and, and really building loyalty? And then I went out to have my third baby. Yes, I've got Congratulations. Three. Oh, thank you. And I was on maternity leave and a recruiter from Walmart reached out. And I didn't want to talk to them in the beginning because I was a, kind of loyal to a fault <laughs> in a lot of ways. But again, I loved Hilton. And next thing you know, I'm in Bentonville doing, I think they had me in a full day of interviews, eight interviews back to back. Yeah, I remember those. Oh, goodness. Case studies, team All interviews. Yeah, exactly. And the last interview was with a man named Tony Rogers, who had been at Walmart as the CMO of Walmart. And then he came over to Sam's Club under John Verner at the time to build a brand for Sam's. And, you know, at the time I'm like, well, it's just really good brand experience or interview experience, but I probably won't leave Hilton is kind of my mindset. And then I met him and he just was so passionate and inspiring. And he said, you know, Come, come build a, a $60 billion brand with me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm in. So yeah. the rest is history. So it's, it was a whirlwind. I'll just tell you, there's, I don't know if you, do you have hospitality experience? No. No? Okay. 
Outside of staying so, in hotels and dining in restaurants? <laughs> no. The two vastly different worlds between hospitality and retail. And I think I got a little bit of like shock when I saw how fast the world of retail really runs. Yeah. So it took me a little bit to to really get into it, but I think I learned under the best with Tony. Yeah. And yeah, it was a shift. Yeah, it's it's amazing how you you mentioned the focus, dedication, determination of some of the Walmart executives. I definitely yeah. felt that while I was there. Speaking of Walmart, they recently released their earnings. Congratulations on some great numbers. It's a very challenging landscape out there. And not only were there great numbers for your parent company, but there were encouraging numbers specifically in your area. I believe Sam's Club reported overall growth of 18% in the e-commerce space. So congratulations on that. Membership growth was 7%. An unbelievable 22% growth in operating income. Wow. So a lot of, the, a lot of these numbers are, are, are mind-boggling. Let's go back to the first one, your area, e-commerce, 18% growth. What's yep. some, what, what are certain initiatives or strategies that you believe led to this, you know, yep. led, led to these numbers? I mean, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I don't think there's just one magical thing that we did that ultimately drove that 18% growth. I would say when it comes to digital and specifically kind of the, the future and focus with retail and being omni, I think about the value proposition of digital being specific to convenience, right? And and really leaning in on the role of convenience and the ability to drive that through a digital relationship. So as you may know, we had scan and go that yeah. you can do when you're in a club on the app. We launched curbside. And then over the last year and a half, two years, we've really been leaning in on same day delivery. Mm -hmm. So we're really, you know, kind of pushing into those to say, okay, we know our target audience. We know that they value convenience. They have really busy lives. So how do we lean in on these things that can drive that convenience? You know, with Scanago, you're in the club. With Curbside, you have to come to the club. Same day delivery allows us to get it to your door, right, quickly. And we know that they're loving it because they're leaning in. Um, I would also say there's a couple other things too, like just in terms of strategy and focus from a digital perspective, the team's really focused on driving traffic. And then once that traffic gets there, really focusing on optimizing the experience to drive conversion. So really focused on thinking about, you know, the, the partnership with marketing, partnership with CRM, how do you bring them in and do it in a way that's qualified and valuable so that we see them pushing down the funnel. Some customers, I believe, are members and some are not. So can you give us the breakdown of what percentage of e-commerce shoppers are not members of Sam's Club? It's a, it's a pretty small percentage of non-members that are shopping on digital. I think the majority of what we're seeing is our members adopting digital and, and shopping. They come into the club, they buy a membership, then they're like, oh my gosh, they have an awesome digital experience too. We should be you know purchasing online. So I think the, the real focus is I would say around two key areas to drive more shoppers and more members shopping online. So use it as a conversion channel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it's part of it, right? So I would say there's kind of two buckets. The first one is acquiring new members, right? So as a membership model, you're focused on loyalty yes. and engagement. So you not only have to get them to purchase the membership, but ultimately at the end of that first year, you really want them to renew. Yeah. And we really need to focus on that first year of renewal. So a lot of times when we would do these, you know, membership pushes, they would be coming to the club and driving to the club, coming to the membership desk. Well, we've worked really hard to drive a lot of that acquisition through digital. And then we're focused on that first year journey with them. So 
How are they behaving in the first 90 days? That's very important. And what strategies can we implement to drive the online awareness and the value prop of online shopping so that we can ultimately move them not just from a member, but to a member who's shopping online with us? And then the last piece is you'd be, you might be surprised when you actually peel back the data and you look at who's shopping online with us and, and take out non-members for a second and you look at our member base. Only a third of our members are actually shopping online with us right now. Wow. Yeah. And so when you add scan and go, which is in your app in the club, it raises the, the percentage pretty significantly, which tells me from an e-commerce perspective, they have the app, they're using the app to shop, but they're only doing it in the club. In the store, in the club. So where is the opportunity to provide convenience, provide value, and give them a reason to, to open the app that they're familiar with and look around and shop with us when they're not in the club? So that, to me, is our biggest opportunity. Yes, use it as a way to drive new memberships and get more people shopping online in general, but then also how do we give our members who are loyal members using Scan and Go yeah. and love it in our app? To shop online with us and see the value yeah, of that's it there a, too. That, that's a huge TAM, that two-thirds that you mentioned. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Retailers today have asked amount of consumer data. Guys like you and Costco, yep. member chains have even more data. Yep. And, and I believe probably a better understanding of who their customers are. How is your team using the member data to improve the online in your area, exploration, and also experience for the members? And what are you doing maybe in some of the development that might you know make it even better down the road? So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to break this out into two kind of pieces. Yeah. I think I asked like three questions. Yeah. No, I think I got it. I think I got (laughs) it. So you're right. We have a lot of data. I think that's a huge benefit of having the membership model is that every time a member does anything with us, we we know it, we see it. Right. And so that's okay. How often are you coming in? Are you shopping, you know, in the club or online? Are you a club or plus member? What's your buying behavior of categories versus specific items? What's your frequency? What categories have you shopped versus not shopped? What's your likelihood to shop in those other categories based on what you've already purchased? So we're able to use that data to be very intentional around the messages and the personalization that we're kind of pushing them down, right? So as you can imagine, different behaviors can drive renewal, right? And so as you're thinking about that and and breaking it up into the two buckets, the first bucket you know, let's just take our homepage, for example. So if you go to the app on our homepage, it will say, you know, we can reorder your essentials, your frequently ordered items, right? So it, it allows us to say, okay, they typically buy these things, right? And so I'm going to put these things in front of them to make it really easy and convenient for them to just add those in there. And and that will help kind of speed things along. And because we know a lot of our members are coming in on task mode, right? So they're ready to shop and there was a need state that brought them in. Another example is inspired by recent reviews. So we watch your behavior and then we're like, okay, they've been looking at some of these things. So let's make it easy for them because if we can make it easy, there's a chance that we might increase that click behavior. And then in terms of, I think the the other question was, how are we thinking about using data for what's next? My team is also heavily focused on understanding really the, the behavior and shift towards mobile and app. So if you think about you know, over the last couple of years, we've seen we've seen a big shift into that and, and being able to be relevant in that is extremely important. So we're really focused on what are they doing in the app? Where are they going? Where are they spending their time? What pages are they looking at? What categories are they looking at? Are they not only looking at 
um, and spending time on the site across these pages for merchandising, but are they also looking at their SAMS cash balance? Are they looking at pharmacy benefits or our travel and entertainment services? What are they doing that gives us an opportunity to see that person's behavior and increase that behavior to keep their time on site and drive more frequency? So the better you can get closer to that data, the better you can say, okay, the reason they're going to come in more often and drive frequency is X, Y, Z. So let's give them a push and a nod that makes them want to pull it up. So how do you use that data to be able to, to, to bring them in? And then I'll also say, as we understand what's most important, we can help to prioritize the experiences around it, right? So if we see bounce rates or we see, you know, exits or a decrease in time on site or lesser add to cart rates, the more you understand that data, the more you can say, we've got an opportunity here to increase this experience and, and improve it so that we can t- continue to see them work down the funnel. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Having that trusted, clean, single source of data, yeah. so important so you can make actionable insights. I used to always say when I was there, you could have Gigo, great in, great out. You can also have Gigo, garbage in, garbage yeah, out. Yep, so yep, yep. yes, having, having that is very important. At one of your previous roles at Sam's, you used to build brands for the customers, I believe. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Yeah. How do you see the the you know the hot topic of Gen AI being impactful and building brands for the younger Alpha yeah. and Gen Z con- customer at the club? Yeah. Spending a moment on brands because I'm obviously very passionate about this. You know, when I joined Sam's about four and a half years ago, that was the mission with Tony, as I was mentioning. So really understanding what's our mission. How do we lean in and bring the brand to life in a way that can, you know, position us for the future and not only result in performance, but but most importantly, drive advocacy. So we really focused on driving a brand passion index, right? We want people to talk about us. And when they talk about us, we want that to be passionate, right? And we took a similar approach when we relaunched our own brand, our private label members, Mark, last year too. So I've had the privilege of, of doing that for two brands here, which has been amazing. So I'm very protective, as you can imagine then, of how we use any tech or tools to continue to evolve the brand in a way that that is on brand and adds convenience and value for the members. So I think it all becomes how you use the Gen AI, right? And so I go back again to the member and how do we think about it in a way that adds convenience through digital? And I think if we can figure out a, a good way to partner the two of those things, then we've mastered it. So, okay, if you understand their search behavior on the site and you're like, okay, they're coming in every few weeks and when they're coming in, they're looking at these types of keywords. Okay, well, they could be in task mode, right? So they could just be building up their their cart. Can you create, you know, a Gen AI search that allows them to say, hey, just here's all this stuff. Does this look right? Cool, add it to my cart, good to go. They could also be in inspiration mode, right? So they could come in I have this on top of my mind because before an eight-year-old are turning five and nine next month. So, you know, the, the mom guilt's always back there. Like, I haven't planned the birthday parties yet. <laughs> so, would it be helpful so if I could come to Sam's and just say five-year-old birthday party or something like that, right? Where how could, how could we do that in a way that you make it easy for me, right? Because right now I've got I've to hit all my categories. I've got to hit all my items. i got to check my cart. Am I good to go? Okay, well, is there something there that we lean in on our brand value, brand purpose. We use digital to drive convenience and we figure out a way to, to do that. Yeah, I love that. But we, you not only really create 
the search for you, but that it knows personalization and knows you well and knows where you want to shop and it just puts it in your car. Yeah, maybe sometime we know that I've yeah. got a five-year-old because yeah. I've done it before. So now you can stir me on my six-year birthday exactly. party next yeah. year. And it starts yep. reminding there you, you to shop in advance so <laughs> exactly. you're not a month away. And, and she's a girl, so they yeah. can serve me with all of the costumes for Halloween. And it knows or it's trending because Barbie's exactly. in this year. It might not be in <laughs> exactly. next year. Exactly. Yeah. And, and another thing you mentioned was passion score. That's a, yep. so it's it's the new NPS net passion score. I, I like that. Yeah. You know, we 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 when I was there, we would talk a lot about Sam Walton. Obviously, yeah. tremendous amount of impact he's had on the retail industry. Yeah. Right. One of his ten principles was exceed your customer expectations. The customer's always right. The customer's number one. We said it all the time. I'm sure you guys say it too. Yep. Do you guys do the Walmart cheer, by the way? We sure do. And we have the Sam's Club cheer. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, you have two cheers. We do. When we was have... the last time you did Walmart's the... is a little harder. Yeah. And there's always that nervousness when everyone gets up and someone has to do it. Yeah. And someone inevitably messes up yeah. every week. So Fortunately for me, I only had to do it virtually, never <laughs> never offline. That's the last thing. I've deleted it a couple times. Yeah. And, uh, I'm bad enough at y YMCA. I don't need oh, to okay, any other okay, letters. Yeah. Um, it's intimidating. But back to his, you know, exceeding your customer expectations. Yep. And now you talked about a little about shifting the member focus to mobile to really personalize that search or the, or the preferences and understanding your customer data. We touched upon all that. How is your team preparing to exceed, like Sam says, mm -hmm. the customer expectations or the member's expectations for the club? Yep. What I'll say is, I mean, that focus bleeds through the entire company, all through Sam's Club and through every person on the team. We pride ourselves on being first and foremost member obsessed. And it's something that you see and you feel and you notice in every conversation through the hallways, whether you're in Dallas or Bentonville or San Bernardino, you see it and you feel the member obsession. And one of the things, I'm, we're really proud of that too. I'm really proud of that, especially coming out of COVID. And you know, I think I think I've been in places where they say it and then they're tested and then you see something else. And I think what I got to witness is decisions that were hard decisions that were at the ult ultimately at the end of the day, the right thing to do for the member. And we did it and we figured out a way to do it and we figured out a way to do it fast. And, um, you know, we have a big focus on NPS. Yes. And every week we take a look at the customer feedback and the member feedback. And when I say obsessed, I don't take that lightly. <laughs> we look at everything. So we've got emails coming in, the survey feedback. We've got the call center feedback. We've got all of the social media feedback, which I used to monitor and own that space. And, um, you know, our CEO, uh, Kath McClay, would be in it every day reading the Facebook comments and seeing all of it and obsessing over all of it and really created that that obsessive culture to say, what are they talking about? Where are we missing the mark? Where are we doing well that we should lean in? And where we are missing the mark, how should we go about solving that for them? And I think that helps us to, to develop our roadmap. So when we say we're leaning into mobile, well, our members are leaning into mobile and they're telling us, hey, we could do better here, here, or here. We hear them, we listen, and then that helps us prioritize and build our roadmap to be able to meet their needs to continue driving that value. So the customer is leading. Customer, yep. Perfect. I, I, I want to find out who's led and influenced your career, maybe mm. a mentor, and, and what specific lesson or advice did you learn from them, if you can share that. I can. I am going to struggle to narrow it down. Will you allow me to kind of give you a couple? 
Yeah, sure. A few, maybe? There you go. Okay. But if you give me a few, you can't leave anybody out. <laughs> yeah, that's the hard part. Like, there's like five or six people. <laughs> I've, I have been really blessed all throughout my career to find some really fantastic peers and leaders and, and team members who have just taught me so many lessons and been huge supporters and advocates. I would say, man, it's really hard to narrow them down. I'm going to pick the top two that always come to mind. There you go. One at Hilton, one at Sam's. That's um, fair. Yep. Her name, the, so the first one was her name is Surrender Fuller, and she's actually become a, a lifelong friend of mine. And I reported to her for a while. This is probably seven years ago, something like that. And what I learned from her, so she's fierce competitor and she's brilliant, but she's also authentic and transparent. And what she did for me as a young senior manager, I think she was a director, a senior director at the time. And what I loved is that she allowed me to take risks and to challenge and to to push. And she empowered me in a way that allowed me to feel a bit of a safety net, right? So she would always advocate up and protect down. So she's like, just run, just run, run, run. And then, you know, if I would break something, she'd be like, what'd you break? Okay, t- let's talk about it. All right, I got it. And and I always guardrails there. I always felt this sense of safety and empowerment to just push and grow. And and she created a safe space to say, hey, I messed up or hey, this is going well. Right. And I always knew that she had my back. And I, I try to take that in every, you know, leadership situation and scenario. Ford. And then the other one I've talked about him a couple times is Tony Rogers. I can't not talk about him. I mean, from my opinion, probably one of the greatest marketers ever. The guy is brilliant. He knows marketing. He knows brand marketing. I probably learned 10 years worth of brand marketing in three short years. And and he just knows it. He just gets it. But I also think that not only from like the skill set side and learning one of the the biggest things that I could go on and on about the man, I think one of the biggest things that I learned from him is the importance. And I knew this, but you don't know it until as you grow up, you know, more so in the leadership perspective, your role as a leader to develop and and push for a thriving, positive, happy culture where people want to come to work. I think, you know, I, I was transitioning in, in my leadership and growing a lot at Sam's Club. So I, I feel like Hilton was a lot of like, Hey, I'm green, new opportunities, take everything and and run with every opportunity here. You know, I've gone from director to senior director to vice president. And those are heavy leadership roles that come with a different level of expectation as you're leading people. And so I got to lead, learn and lead under him. And it was like, hey, yeah, you've got to be able to do all of that and 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 kill it on performance. But don't forget about how important it is on the how and pushing and collaborating and influencing and he really led by example yeah i can echo that i think at walmart they have a lot of senior very seasoned merchants who know the business empower their teams and and i think that has been a credit the people has been a credit to 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 lie their success on the flip side of this what advice would you give an aspiring young profession professional looking to enter or advance like you mentioned you advanced Mm -hmm. in your career at walmart to advance in the in the commerce industry today? Yeah. Well, I'm going to keep going for my last question a little bit because it's going to lead into this one. I would say the last person that's not career-wise but, but has been a mentor throughout my career journey has always been my mom. And even since I was a little girl, like, she just empowers me to push. And, like, you can do anything. 
You can do it. And perf- perfection is not important, but just going and trying and believing in yourself is really important. And I think about that now as I think about the next generation of of leaders and specifically, you know, women. I, I can't help to uh, obviously think about uh, my own situation and my journey. And, you know, I think I was sharing with you before, I I started at Sam's. I had a four-month-old, a two-year-old, and a four-year-old. And I was traveling to Bentonville quite a bit. And, you know, it it's 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 hard when, you know, you're you're trying to prove yourself and work hard and you feel like this constant pull and push. But what I would say is if you can be prepared and believe in yourself, you can do it just personally. And, you know, there were a lot of times where I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. And I had the people like Tony and those around me who would pull me up and say, you can do it. Let's go. And you just grit your teeth and you keep going. The other thing I would say, if you're entering retail and e-commerce is be prepared. We move fast. (laughs) Right. So that was a, that was a big learning curve for me coming um, over. And I would say just because you have a plan on paper. What is it? Is it, is Mike, it Mike Tyson? It's Mike Tyson. Everybody's got a plan to get punched in the face, right? Like, I feel like that's yes. retail is is like, yeah, I think, you know, in the beginning, I'd be like, well, I want to I want to spend some time putting all my strategy down. And it's like, hi, it's too late. We already we already moved past it a yep. week ago. And that's literally you're kind of getting whiplash in retail is every time you, you start to make a movie like, hang on, what about this? OK, add it in. And then you're you're just kind of. You're, you're listening to the customer, you're making big decisions, and you're running really fast. And that is the expectation and the pace when it comes to retail. So walk in with your eyes wide open of like, this is going to run fast. So that leads me to my rapid or fast fire questions. Oh, gosh. So okay. That was good. Thank you. Okay. Another setup. <laughs> you're welcome. And I'm going to start with layups again for oh, you. Okay. Super easy ones. Appreciate it. But remember, rapid fire, what book are you currently reading? I'm reading Winning by Tim S. Grover. And... There's another one, Meet Me at the Lake. So I'm reading a couple. I read two at a time too. That's, yeah. That's... And then I've got podcasts. Yeah. So I'm that all over the place. That doesn't really count, but okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take those two. Favorite male or female basketball player, past or current? Oh, Jordan. That was quick. No, always. That was quick. Oh, yeah. I like that. Your favorite must-have item from your Sam's app that you always buy? Oh, my gosh. Should we just open the app and look? You could. I would say it depends, right? It depends on what it is. I think that I'm going to go to, oh my gosh. I mean, I'm making a trip weekly for everything. I would say probably there's this, because I've got three little kids. Yeah. We have these Members Mark Southern style chicken bites and they're in the freezer and you can throw them in the air fryer and they are absolutely amazing. And we probably give them to our kids once a week. And they Can eat you them ship up. One I in love New York? them. Probably, yes. There you go. <laughs> Last question, and then we're dead. Living or dead, one retail executive you would love to have a meal with? I mean, could be a retail entrepreneur too. Doesn't have to be. Executive. Yeah, I would probably just go to immediately the first person that came to mind. So I'm going to stay with it because if it's my immediate gut is Kath McClay. So. You know, I had the pleasure of leading under her, and she's a mom of three also, so I can't help it. (laughs) But watching the way she led through the pandemic, the way she, you know, focused on members, I'd love to just sit down and and spend time with her and pick her brain on 
all things Sam's and Walmart and retail and e-commerce. Yeah, Amazing. Well, Sabrina, this has been a pleasure from my side. Thank you so much. I've thank you guys lot. for having me. This yes. has been great. Thanks again. And uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. That's rethink.industries slash podcast guest. Follow us on Twitter at rethink underscore retail and show some love by subscribing on iTunes podcast app. Until next time.